we've helped over a thousand founders now. We have over 700 active customers on Fondo. So we kind of um, have a lot of experience working with tech startups. And so a lot of times we don't have many questions for you. We understand, you know, that you're charging customers a subscription fee using Stripe. And we know how we want to do revenue, revenue recognition for that. Or we know when you're prepaying, um, for certain benefits or prepaying rent, like we know, we know these things and we make sure we set up your financials on an accrual basis, um, with, you know, that are accurate and clean, um, without having to bug you too much. Welcome to the VectorShift podcast. VectorShift is an AI automations platform. On this podcast, we have conversations with founders and experts in fields such as AI and B2B SaaS. Hey, David, welcome to the VectorShift podcast. We're super excited to have you here. Thanks for having me, Albert. Uh, for our listeners, a brief background on David. David's the CEO and founder of Fondo. Fondo helps startups get their bookkeeping done, taxes filed, and cash back from the IRS, up to $500,000 a year. David's also an angel investor in over 50 companies, including Rippling and Flexport. And for our listeners today, we'll talk about David's interesting background. This is not his first company. You know, how Fonda came to exist some of, and some of his lessons on founding multiple startups. Uh, before we begin, I actually would like to say, you know, we're, we're really happy customers of Fonda. You know, Fonda has, you know, grown a lot as we'll talk about today, but I've always surprised of how great the service and customer service is from Fondo. You know, we started our company earlier this year and it was really difficult trying to figure out all the logistics of all the financials, how to get bookkeeping done, how to get through taxes. And really we wanted to focus on building product and Fondo was really our partners to really move that away from our minds so that we could really focus on you know, our users and building, you know, doing what founders should be doing. Um, another quick story is, you know, we were doing, you know, our 498 evaluation and we, re- we really needed our financial statements really fast. Uh, and Fondo's team, you know, within a week was able to turn around our financial statements and get our QuickBooks done and was really, you know, a lifesaver there. So just wanted to add that in at the very beginning. And so thank you so much for your time. I know you must be really busy. Thank you, Albert. No, we love, we love the opportunity to support you and your co-founder at Vector Shift. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's really awesome to work with you guys. Absolutely. So how about we dive in and maybe David, could you talk a little bit about your background and just like how you got here today? Yeah. So, um, so I, I started my career as an accountant, uh, at a big accounting firm in San Francisco, um, called Deloitte. Um, and, you know, less than a year into that, um, you know, I left because I was really into startups and I wanted to start a company. And so I was like, you know, making websites, um, going to hackathons and, I, I ended up uh, winning a hackathon um, here in San Francisco, and then just stopped going to work uh, after that, and and just like pivoted my whole career to startups um, from accounting. And yeah, that was you know we we won that hackathon. We ended up raising um, a small seed round. That was like my first startup. Um, and then yeah, been in been in startups ever since. That was back in like 2010. Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about your previous companies? And maybe I know you mentioned, you know, some of the experiences of, you know, your previous companies led to the idea of creating Fonda. So maybe you could dive into that as well. Yeah. So, uh, this is like my third, uh, company. Now I've had a bunch of projects across that. That's why I like kind of have to think about third. It's probably like my 10th, you know, idea I've been working on, but, uh, definitely third, like startup. So the first one, um, 
we, you know, we built a mobile application. It was in the beginning of like, you know, um, location aware devices, like with your phone. And so we built like a uh, location based anonymous chat app. Um, we raised, you know, we won that hackathon. We raised some money. Um, I did that for uh, only for about a year until me and my co-founder went our separate ways. Uh, and so I ended up leaving that company and, um, you know, I was kind of tired of being, uh, you know, too non-technical. And so, um, I really wanted to learn how to code. And so started spending more time learning how to code. And, um, my co-founder actually, uh, Christian at the time spent a lot of time teaching me how to code. We actually did, um, a coding boot camp together where he was the teacher. I was a student and went through that experience for, you know, eight weeks, learned Ruby on Rails, and then like got a job offer to be like a software engineer after just eight weeks. And uh, Christian and I were like really blown away by that. And mm -hmm. uh, we decided that we wanted to start our own school. And um, in that program that we were in, you know, there was about 20 students and there were only two women in the class. And we noticed this big, you know, gender imbalance in the class as well as just in the industry. And so, uh, Christian had the idea that we try to do uh, a coding boot camp that's focused on gender equality uh, and getting more women into engineering roles. And so, um, after that, we launched Hackbright, uh, Hackbright Academy, which is a coding boot camp um, here in San Francisco. We did that um, for a few years. Uh, we bootstrapped that um, to, you know. Over a thousand engineers have graduated from the program, helped them get jobs at companies like Uber and Slack and Disney, uh, and just learned a ton about, you know, building a company, trying to build a community, um, you know, bootstrapping, growing revenue. We grew that company to about, um, four million in revenue. And then we got acquired, uh, for 18 million by a public company called Capella. Uh, also in that process, you know, about three years in, I was CEO for three years and then, um, brought on our advisor who ended up becoming uh, CEO after me. And so I went through that whole experience of working with a new CEO and bringing them on, on board and transitioning to more of like a board member. And um, so, yeah, I learned a ton, had a great experience with that company. Um, and then, you know, started angel investing and really wanted to do another startup and, um, you know, uh, ended up, Doing a completely different industry, uh, solving a different problem again um, to build a marketing platform uh, for social media creators, and so we we started building that. It was called Bloomjoy. We got into YC in uh, winter eighteen, and and started building that company. Um, we grew that, um, and then it just wasn't working out. You know, we we did it for um, we we're working on it for about two years, and or about a year and a half. Um, and the industry like kind of completely changed, you know, mm -hmm. so we were building, um, media tools for Facebook creators and we were helping them monetize their audience by, um, you know, viral content, like think like Buzzfeed and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, content like that just got really hammered down by, uh, by Facebook mm -hmm. and links wouldn't get any reach. So we went from making like, you know, 200,000 a month to like, 30 or 40,000. And we had grown a team, um, had about 15 people on the team. And so our burn rate was too high. And we had to, you know, we tried to sell the company. Um, that, you know, was a couple months long thing. It didn't work out. And so ultimately, you know, my co founders decided 
um, to leave and move on. And I decided to pivot the company. And so we had about like $40,000 left in the bank. And I was like trying to think of like, okay, you know, what, what should we pivot this company to? Um, it, it, I wasn't necessarily like uh, committed to being in media. You know, I was definitely industry agnostic. I just, you know, was thinking about, well, I really love to support startups. I love working with founders. Like, okay, what, what idea should we do here? And started thinking about, you know, what experiences I had that I thought would be useful. and you know, at, um, you know, with Bloomjoy, with Hackbright, uh, and all my other previous companies, we would, you know, I was the person in charge of the accounting and taxes. Mm. So I had a lot of experience, you know, as an accountant, and then like managing that for my startups, and hiring, you know, accountants on Craigslist, working with different startup tools, and nothing um, that I tried really felt um, like the right solution for like a really early stage startup um, that just needs the basics but has big ambitions and also wants to stay on the same system for a long time. And so I thought, okay, if we can build Fondo as a solution to sort of take all the basics off your plate, like, like you mentioned, when you're early, you need to have your taxes filed. You need to get your accounting done in order to file your taxes. There's tax credits that you want to take advantage of, but you know, you don't want to hire an accountant. Um, most founders are not accountants. And so um, it becomes this problem that you just want solved and you want to spend as little time as possible on it. And so we want to be that solution that you can kind of set and forget. You just sign up for Fondo, you onboard, and then we handle all of your tax deadlines, your financials. Uh, and then like you said, when you have a something pop up, like you have a 498 valuation coming up and you need your financials quick, you can just ping us and uh, we'll get them done for you. I'm sorry. Thank you for the comprehensive background. I mean, can you talk a little bit about in your own words... You know, what are the products lines that Fondo offers? So Fondo offers um, three products. So we offer uh, bookkeeping, we offer uh, corporate tax filings, and we offer uh, tax credits. And so these are all, you know, distinct offerings that we offer, uh, but they're all very connected. So usually a company will come to us because um, they have tax deadlines coming up. So, you know, we're, we're coming up now into tax season and you know, as a Delaware C Corp, you have very specific tax obligations every year, even if you don't have any revenue. And so, you know, each year you have uh, 1099 filings due at the end of January. So those are related to, um, you know, any contractors or lawyers that you pay over $600 during the year mm. without a payroll system. So if you're just wiring them money, you have to file 1099s for, for those folks. You have Delaware franchise tax, which is due March 4th. Or sorry, March 1st, that's about $450 each year. And it goes up depending on how much funding you raise. And then you have April 15th, which is the main corporate tax deadline where you file your federal and then your state taxes. And so mm. for federal, you're not going to owe any money if you don't have any profits. Um, states all have different minimum taxes due. So California, for example, you owe like $800. Uh, and so you end up, you know, with these, you know, three deadlines and, you know, some money owed, and then there's penalties if you miss these deadlines. So for 1099s, you, you have to pay like $50 per 1099 that you don't file. For Delaware, there's like a $200 penalty and then 1.5% interest. Federal, the big miss is you don't get to take advantage of the tax credits. So if you don't file your taxes on time on the federal level, you don't get to claim the up to $500,000 in tax credits. So 
if you're a startup and you have employees in the US that are doing product development, whether it's founders or engineers or product people or designers, anyone who's working on product, um, you're going to qualify for this R&D credit. And it's, yeah, it's up to $500,000 back each year. So it's, um, you know, it's something simple that, that founders can, you know, delegate to Fondo, get off their plate, and then they make sure they're not, you know, having any deadline issues and they're taking advantage of the credits. And then they have someone there for when those moments come up, when you're, you need your 49A or your investors asking for something, um, you have everything set up and ready to go. Maybe we could double click a little bit in that. And, you know, for other founders who may not use Fondo, what, what is experience like onboarding and, you know, what, how, how does, you know, a founder interact with the Fondo platform? Yeah. So, um, when we started Fondo and we looked at like the market and, um, all the different options that founders have to solve this problem, um, and all the different experiences I had working with all these different vendors in my previous companies, you know, the onboarding experience is really important, um, because in order for an accounting firm for Fondo to do their job, they need certain information. And um, each accounting company does this differently. And what we thought at Fondo was, we really want to invest in this onboarding experience and make it extremely easy. Um, because we know founders are really busy and they want to get this done and move on. Um, and so we created this really simple onboarding experience in the Fondo app. It's a basic checklist where you do things like, you know, um, answer a few questions, give us read-only access to like your Mercury account, um, your Pulley account, your Brex account, your ARC account, whatever you're mm -hmm. using, um, we have integrations with. And so you give us access there and then you're done. You know, now we can pull all the information we need from all these different financial systems. We have the answers to like your tax questionnaire. We know your tax ID. Um, and, and if we have any additional questions, we'll just ping you. Uh, but mm -hmm. we've worked with, you know, We've helped over a thousand founders now. We have over 700 active customers on Fondo. So we kind of um, have a lot of experience working with tech startups. And so a lot of times we don't have many questions for you. We understand, um, you know, that you're charging customers um, a subscription fee using Stripe. And we know how we want to do revenue, revenue recognition for that. Or we know when you're prepaying, um, for certain benefits or prepaying rent. Like we know, we know these things and we make sure we set up your financials on an accrual basis, um, with, you know, that are accurate and clean, um, without having to bug you too much. I'm sorry. Super helpful. Maybe we could talk a little bit about your, you know, some of the lessons you've learned, you know, working in this, you know, across multiple different startups. Maybe we could start with, you know, go to market. I'm curious, you know, maybe with Fonda, I mean, Maybe, you know, for other founders who are interested in selling to other founders, which, you know, you have a lot of success, you know, doing what, you know, are some strategies? What are some tips that you have there? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think go to market is, uh, you know, it's one of my favorite things um, to work on. And I think, um, you know, every founder will be, I think, can help make their company better by, by focusing some of their time on go to market. And I think go to market includes, you know, talking to prospects, customers, users, you know, learning about their problems, you know, selling, uh, selling to them and also like doing marketing. So that's kind of mm -hmm. the, how I sort of see all the go to market. And, um, you know, I think they're all super related. I think 
um, you know, at the very beginning, you're really trying to figure out like, am I solving this problem that I think I am? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we all want to, we're all doing this because we want to solve problems, you know, and we want to build solutions. Um, or at least we at least want to build something. Uh, yeah. and, and then we realize, well, we have to build a solution if we want to make this a company. Um, and so to really, you know, figure out if your solution's working or if you're, what you've built is a solution, you have to talk to people, you know, and like if, if you're building a solution that solves your own problem, I mean, that's great. That's one data point. Um, and it's an important one, but you also want to start talking to other people because you really need to like figure out, um, which like, user group or like your ICP, you know, your ideal customer profile, like Mm -hmm. which, which group feels your pain, uh, the most and, Mm -hmm. um, and wants your product, right? Because, you know, Fonda, we do accounting, right? So we could sell to any company in the world, right? Every single company in the world needs accounting. Uh, but we decided to focus on early stage founders, uh, and early stage startups. Um, and we did that because, you know, that was a um, sort of uh, a group of folks that like we had in our network. Uh, it was an, a niche that we really like understood and um, felt like we could really solve the problem well for them. And we, you know, started having conversations and um, and and learning if our solution was solving a problem. And we've like iterated and you know changed our messaging over the years, changed like the way that we sell Fondo, uh, the way that we're building it. Like a lot of that's changed just by talking to 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 users or prospective users and um i think you know the best way to start having those conversations is to like trying to solve problems for those people um you know even if even if your product isn't solving their problem like find some problem that your users having that's like somewhat related to your product and like just help them um, so that you can get on a call with them, get on the phone with them and try to sell them your solution. You know, I feel like a lot of founders, uh, are doing the right thing. They want to talk to these prospects, but, um, it's really hard to get them on the phone. And I think the best way to get people on the phone is to like add value, solve a problem, do something for them. Um, and then, and then try to pitch them. I'm sorry. Um, maybe we could talk a little bit about, you know, how you've scaled founder, you know, from, you know, from the pivoted company that it was a few years ago to, to where it's at today. As I mentioned kind of early on, you know, what we've really experienced, you know, as, as, you know, customers ourselves, you know, like without even having to interact, you know, with the, with the founder like you, you know, we're able to get really great customer service, you know, we're really able to onboard really effectively. How have you built kind of an organization that allows that to happen? Thank you. That's, that's great to hear, Albert, that you had. You're having a good experience with Fondo. That's obviously what we want. That's really, um, we want all of our customers to have a good experience. And so it's become part of our like DNA of like, you know, um, it, it's painful if any of our customers have a bad experience. Like, and that started just at the beginning when it was just a couple of us. And, hmm. um, and I think, you know, because, we just we really want to have people our customers have a good experience onboarding you know especially onboarding as top of mind um that always comes up when we're talking about people who are joining the company you know when yeah. we're when we're recruiting and talking to people 
Um, the customer experience is such a huge priority for us. You know, of course, that comes up in interviews. You talk to people. You learn about other people's perspective on that, and um, the people that really care about that are the people that um, we end up working with and, and joining the team. And so, you know, we've been really lucky to um, recruit some really amazing people on our team that really care about this problem that we're solving, uh, that care about um, our customers, and I think that um, I think that's helped us a lot. Sorry. Can we double click a little bit in kind of what you just said about, you know, hiring? How, what is, I guess, some of the advice you, that you have on hiring, you know, really great people, superstars that, you know, would really go out of their way to look after your customers? Yeah, I think, um, hiring is, um, I mean, it's, it's a huge part about growing your company. I think, um, you know, it really comes down to, um, I think what, what, what helps the most is finding people that, um, are really aligned with sort of, uh, you know, your values or whatever the company values are, or, you know, like customer service, you know, like wanting customers to have a great experience. Like that's one of our values that is, you know, whether it's written down or not your values, like as the founder or the early team, like you have beliefs and you have a certain way of operating and, um, finding like-minded people is huge. Um, I think that's probably one of the most important things to look for um, for hiring. I think you know every company's different, every leader's different, and uh, you know you're going to have different opinions on this. But I think for us, you know, um, finding people that really align with our our um, our mission and our vision and our values is a huge um, is a huge thing that we look for, um, and then. You know, when all those things line up, it usually means they have, uh, you know, experience solving this problem too. Um, and so that's also really good. Then you can find people that have, uh, that bring a lot of experience to the table. So hiring is definitely one of those things that, um, yeah, everyone has different opinions on. And I think you kind of, you know, it's all trial and error. You know, you learn from, from hiring and, uh, and growing the team and, uh, and, and the results of, of whatever your process is. And you just keep refining it. Just like, just like the same way you try to refine your, your one liner and your pitch of like, uh, how you, how you sell your product. Absolutely. Maybe we can end off on, on exactly that. You know, I know you just raised a, a new round of funding for Vondo. I mean, I'm curious, you know, how, how did that pan out? You know, people, a lot of people were talking about, you know, in the past year, you know, fundraising, has been more difficult than maybe you know a few years before, uh, but yeah, and like any any other advice for on fundraising would be would be great as well. Yeah, fundraising is you know is is hard, and I think it's especially hard in this environment. I think um, you know if you have a company like for us, what works for us is we really you know if you focus on delivering value to customers, right, and and um, and capturing some of that value, right, making revenue. Um, and and building the best company that you can. Um, there's different options out there. You know, there's um, you could, you know you could go fundraise from angels and VCs. Um, if you're revenue generating and you have recurring revenue, you can also raise from um, companies like CapChase. Um, so you know we've been able to take millions of dollars um, through CapChase, which is a revenue based financing company, and mm-hmm. um, that is 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 one of my favorite sources of capital. Uh, because it really, you know, we can raise more money from CapChase as our metrics improve, you know, as our retention improves, as our revenue grows, 
as our recurring revenue grows. And so it's totally aligned with us um, to build a great business and then have access to, to even more capital. So I definitely uh, am a big fan of, of, of platforms like CapChase to, um, to get funding. Absolutely. Amazing. Um, thank you so much for your time today uh, and, and all the advice you've given. But I guess, you know, I always end off on one last question about, you know, a debate in Silicon Valley. So, you know, it's all over kind of Twitter and, and, you know, all the media that's produced. But a lot of people have discussed and debated how important your idea is versus how important your execution is of the idea. So I'm curious about your thoughts, you know, from you know, your experience with multiple companies. What is more important and what has been more important, you know, for you? That's a really good question. It's a hard, uh, yeah, it's a hard question because it, I mean, both answers can be right. Um, you know, my answer to this is, you know, I think one of the most important things to building a successful company as a founder uh, and as an early team is just perseverance. You know, you're gonna, whether your idea is good um, or really good or bad, there's gonna be ups and downs. Uh, and so you really have to persevere through those things. And so, um, you know, perseverance is, is incredibly important, I think. And I also think you can kind of like, you can brute force any idea, um, that, um, any idea that is like building something that people want, right? So, mm. you know, it has to be an idea that, uh, there's a market for, right? But any idea, I think, um, can become a multi-billion dollar company, right? I mean, you know, you could be selling coffee, you could be selling any type of software, you could be yeah. selling, you know, anything. Uh, if you, if you work hard enough over a long enough period of time, uh, you can make it into a multi-billion dollar company. So I think, you know, execution is incredibly important. And I think the better your idea is, you know, maybe the, the quicker and more successful you can be. Um, and so I think execution is, is the most important. And then the idea kind of, um, impacts, you know, how quickly you can be successful. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time, David. It was good having you on. Thanks, Albert.